0: three yeah
1: NBA Strayer how are you going again it is NBA Strayer it's Monday June 6 all day start of a new week bro it's gonna be May no it's not it's June Jimmy ah that's right I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whom Stephen wants to pay me that sweet, sweet fighting stuff, here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, talking all things NBA and life. (laughs) (laughs) Good meme, Jimmy. Uh, We're talking finals game two. That's right. And tell you what, Golden State v. Boston, a classic third-quarter Warriors performance, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, So we'll talk about that in the NBA Strayer game wrap. Also, Utah need a new coach. What? That's right. So we're going to talk about that. We've got a uh, juicy slab. That's not an knife, old mate. No, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got Dickhead of the Weekend. We've got Yeah, Nas. We've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day. We've got Outback take, Yes, where we're serving up a Flame Girl Take. There's uh, an Andrew Gaze Award, the Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence, and the very, very, very quick first blush quickie game preview for Game 3 before we do our actual preview show, I think, on Wednesday. So should be good. And we'll finish up with a brand new deli review. Right, let's get into it. Episode 829 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. out for the shark attack! Whoa, you better, you better watch out for the Draymond attack. <laughs> for the Celtics. Oh, that was a laugh and a half, wasn't it? Right. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here in NBA Show with the daily whip around. Uh, there you go. The latest news: Quinn Snyder is out as the Utah Jazz coach. Uh, resigned. Didn't want to be a uh, you know out there coaching a team without Joe Ingles on it. He's like, right. Nah, I'm sick of this. I'm out. Um, now, this one was an interesting one because it, it did get brought up last week where it's like, ah, they're sort of thinking about it, a.k.a. Danny Ainge has floated the idea of telling Quinn Snyder to go blow it out his ass. <laughs> and that way he can hire his, the coach that he wants. Or Quinn will just hold him over a bucket and uh, just go pay me out my last year, and then I'll fuck off. So here we are. Um, an interesting sort of mix, this one. Quinn Snyder leaving the Yaz after eight years. It's a soft J, Um Basically, feels like this is your scapegoat, doesn't it? Or your first scapegoat, if nothing else. Because, like, now you can blame Quinn Snyder. Go, oh, well, the reason that we keep, like, plateauing was because of our coach, not because we have two best players who fucking hate each other and no good wings. Uh, so you can say that this offseason if you want, and you can run it back with Donnie Mitchell and Rudy Gebez, uh, Stafford. staff one more time. Or this is the start of your Danny Ainge teardown, and uh, you go from there. So Danny Ainge now gets to pick the coach that he wants. Brad Stevens is like looking at his phone and it's just like text after text from Danny Ainge going, what's up, you up, you up, you up, you up? What are you doing? What are you up? What are you wearing? What are you, what's doing? Time after time. Can a team hire another team's GM, as their coach? I like that. Anyway, uh, he was the fourth longest-tenured coach in the NBA, actually, uh, Quinn Snyder as well. And weirdly enough, I love this uh, because Jerry Sloan was there for so long. He's only the fifth coach the Jazz have ever, ever had. That is so crazy. Um, either way, the names that have been floated out already by Shams and Co. Have been uh, Johnny Bryant from the Knicks, Alex Jensen there from the Jazz. Uh, Will Hardy from the Celtics, Adrian Griffin from the uh, Raptors, who's been, you know, for a bunch of these head coaching gigs, and Terry Stotts, the Blazers coach, who didn't get the Lakers gig. Um, <laughs> who I fully expect to end up in Charlotte anyway, but still. Interesting mix, and it does feel like the next coach of the Jazz is just in for a hiding, doesn't it? And it's going to be whoever uh, Danny Age wants. Right! That's about it for the news. Uh, There wasn't a giant much else uh, because, really, I mean, you had a weekend, had a couple of days off, and, I mean, the biggest sort of news to come out was that we got Gary Payton II. He was healthy and ready to go for this game. He actually played. Kind of neat. And uh, otherwise, not a giant amount. So the big Snyder news was the only one that sort of really popped off, and that was today, so... I like the fact that uh, Michael Beasley, though, was in the news because he's going to go play in China for a seven-figure deal. Isn't that nice? Super cool, Bees. Uh, and to finish up the Snyder stuff, he said, I strongly feel they need a new voice to continue to evolve. That's it. No philosophical differences. No other reason after eight years. I just feel it's time to move onward. I needed to take time to detach after the season and make sure this was the right decision. Sure. AKA, I spoke to Danny Ainge. She told me to fucking get the shit out of my office, and I did. <laughs> right? Let's get into the game wrap. Game wrap, game wrap. 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 That's right, the game wrap of game two of the NBA Finals. 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 Yeah. All right. So game two, we kick it off. Uh, we're wearing end gun violence T-shirts, which look. Good on the NBA, good on the Celtics, good on the Warriors. I do love that somebody who might have been like, you know what I really like is gun violence, is going to see that t-shirt and say, yes, you know what? Those t-shirts are right. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, that's not the point of that. The point of that is to get everybody up in arms about gun violence, and so they fucking should be. Because, I mean, America, what an absolute fucking shit show it is. I love it, but goddamn, man, if you can't send your kids to school and have them be safe, I mean, what are we all doing here? If you can go out and just go buy an assault rifle, like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know? So, good on them for uh, basically putting the torch to decision makers, lawmakers, etc. It was good to see Pop uh, just be like, yo, Texas lawmakers, what the shit are you doing? What are you fucking idiots doing? Let's get this shit sorted. Let's fix it. And uh, it seems like no one wants to. So, look, the NBA has to do stuff like this to get people up in arms and get them actually harassing the lawmakers, the decision makers, and, make you know, putting pressure on them because fucking hell, man, the fact that they don't want to do it themselves is incredible. Right, anyway, let's do this game wrap. Let's do it. Game two, Celtics 88, Warriors 107. Uh, crazy vibes in this game because it was tight and then it wasn't. Because the Warriors ran over them in the third quarter and then literally the first six points of the fourth quarter were scored and that was it. <laughs> they sat the starters the rest of the way. It's like, all right, no, nah, we're going to sit them and we're done. Seriously, yeah, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, the rest of the starters for all the Celtics play. Well, Time Lord didn't even play in the fourth quarter, but a minute 15 because they came out, dropped six points on them, uh, boosted that 23-point advantage from the third quarter to 29 and the game was all over Red Rover. So, weird one. How do we get there? Well, it was a strange, weird mix of a game, wasn't it? So, I think in the mini preview I did on the uh, live stream before the game, uh, sort of talking about how Boston's defense, can they carry over the second and fourth quarters from game one? They couldn't. And does the Golden State offense slice and dine to them like a Demtel food presser processor brought to you by Tim Shaw? Um, and that was the key. The adjustments for Golden State were right there. The adjustments were, have Jordan Poole hit some fucking shots, it felt like, for the most part. Because we've talked about the Les lineup for Primus fans, the Clay Poole. So Clay Poole, so Clay and Poole, if they do anything, the Warriors are in with a chance to win. If they do nothing, they might not win. I expected a big Clay game. We got a big Poole game. Clay just could not get going. It was pretty weird. And uh, the big question I asked at the start of the preview was, can the Celtics shoot like that again? The answer was an emphatic, shit-fucking-no. And no, they couldn't. So, Al Horford, smart, Time Lord combined for six points. Two points each from your starters. Pretty brutal. Anyway, we got off to a weird start, right? Like, Jalen Brown was a flamethrower. Celtics are up 16-9 out of nowhere. Draymond was uh, guarding Jalen. Clay was on Horford. But I think the key thing for the Warriors, it didn't feel frenetic like, the Celtics were dictating the game, but they also then hit a very, very quick Warriors adjustment where the Warriors were at right, 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 we'll throw GP2 in, the mitten. And very quickly, it was like 16-13. It was a choppy start as well after the first five or six minutes, right? They The refs started really imposing themselves on the game, calling bullshit fouls on absolutely fucking nothing. Meanwhile, the Warriors couldn't hit a three. I think in the first quarter, like they were one of five or something in the first quarter, like Steph and Clay were two of nine combined. It was really, really choppy. And then the Warriors came out of the quarter up one somehow because well, they just kind of got going a little bit. Steph finally got a couple of other shots to go. Everybody else was doing something. And like I think Steph hit a three at the end of the first quarter. Tatum answers with his second. GP 2 hits 1. Tatum answers again. Then Poole gets a 3. And the toughest part for Boston was in that first quarter, the 7 turnovers. It was gross. Curry gets a floater in at the end. The Warriors lead. And with 7 turnovers, you're like, well, the Celtics should be down more than (laughs) 1. But at the same time, it felt like they completely dictated the first quarter. And the Warriors just pulled them back in. I think it was like 10 points for Looney. No, he had 6 points in the first quarter. Curry had 10. The Warriors hit four, four threes. The Celtics hit six, but they had seven turnovers. So Celtics were playing really well, but they kept turning it over. The Warriors are playing okay, but not turning it over, and therefore they led. And the same thing kind of happened in the second quarter. That's why this was so weird, this game. Because you have Poole tripping Derek White. The refs call a foul in the second quarter. They review it, so they take away the foul and say, Oh, Poole was just protecting himself. Then you stopped a fast break and then took away the initial fucking foul call and didn't give them an original call at all for nothing. What the fuck are these refs doing? And it just felt like time and time again, Boston were getting rattled by these foul calls. There was a bunch of weird soft ones. Like Gary Payton, the second went ass over without being touched by Jalen Brown. Gets a foul. Warriors, like they were down 40 to 35. And Boston, it really sort of felt like they were about to kick this into gear. Like, Clay, Poole, Wigo, they were 3-17 combined at that point. Warriors were just shit out of luck. I think 8-13 from downtown for the Celtics as well at that point. And this is where it turns. 10-zip. The Warriors rip off. Out of nowhere. Tatum flops on a Curry 3. Which is just a decision where you're looking at it going, Jason, if you're going to spend... The couple of days leading up to this fucking game, dressing up like Kobe in his Boston Celtics workout from like 19 diggity fucking two. Like, don't flop on Steph Curry bringing the ball up the court and then stepping in an open three because you're like, oh, Rafi pushed me. What are you doing? Hits an open three. There's a back cut by GP2. Wiggins hits a three. It's a 10-zip run. And on the other end, as became the... uh, the order of the day for Boston pretty much the rest of this game. Tough, lazy shots. Tough, lazy shots. Like, it was Jalen Brown time and time again just kind of gets trying to get something to go. And it was like there was a lid on the bucket for him. But then, Tatum hits a three, White hits a three. Boston back out in front. But then, but then, the fuckery of Draymond Green. Of Jalen Brown shooting a three. Draymond backs into him and falls into him on the ground, puts his fucking feet on his head, and then shoves Jalen as he's getting up. And uh, the refs stop it all. They decide, well, Draymond's already got a tech. We won't give him another one. It was a tech, but it wasn't. Steve Javy comes on the broadcast, says, oh, well, it's selective refereeing. It's selective decision-making. And so really, we've just heard... The NBA's officiating analysts admit that they just go, well, we'll protect specific players if they're in foul trouble. And we won't give them out fouls. Like, we all know that, but he's just said the quiet part out loud, and it worked because it got in the Celtics' head. Jalen just fucks up a free throw. Tatum misses a horrible shot to end the first half because it's oh, we'll go for a two-for-one. It's like, don't go for a two-for-one if you've got a shit shot. Just fucking settle down. Get a better shot. Make sure you fucking score. Because then Wiggins gets a floater to go. Br- uh, Jalen Brown brings the ball back up. Hits a like just horrible shot. Misses it completely. Derek White ends up with the rebound. He also hits the top of the backboard. It's 52-50. Warriors at the half. They're up. Warriors at 18 points off turnovers. Al Horford hadn't even taken a shot at this point. And it felt like the Celtics had really sort of blown a chance to at least be up out of that second quarter and at least sort of put their stamp on the game. And they let Draymond get to them because he'd been out there shit-talking all game and then he doesn't get kicked out, he doesn't get this double tech and it sort of felt like it discombobulated the Celtics a little bit. So into the third quarter, Boston get the first bucket, they tie it up and then they can't get anything to drop. Jalen Brown's taking wildly tough shots, missing everything. Clay finally hits it at th- a three, it's the end of a seven-zip run. You turn around, Clay's driving, he's scoring. It's a 12-2 run. And like the Warriors are up ten. You're like, what has just happened? Well, Boston kept turning the ball over. Over and over and over. Like Marcus Smart rolled into Time Lord's leg at the start of the third quarter as well. So Time Lord was really limited. It looked like he's just dragging himself up and down the court. So he was like wildly ineffective. Uh, Brown also, I think, since the start of the second quarter, ends up like going one of eleven. And uh Hashtag spoiler alert, it didn't get much better. (laughs) Because he uh, started off 4 of 6 after that first quarter, did Jalen Brown. And uh, if you're going to go 4 of 6, you don't want to end up 5 of 17 for the rest of the game, right? But anyway, as I've said, he couldn't hit the fucking side of a shed with a tennis ball at this point, I think. But Golden State, up 12, outscored them 16-6 to start the third. Tatum is a 3, though, and this is where it all turns. It's a 19-2 run by the Warriors after this. It's answered by Otto Porter. And that felt like the story. Because all the way through the second half of the second quarter and then into the third quarter, every time the Celtics put something together, the Warriors had an answer. Whether it be a three from Otto Porter or a three from Wiggins, a three from Poole, a three from Steph Curry, obviously. And the weirdest part was it felt like the Celtics kicked back into gear at that exact point. So Otto hits that three. There's a moment after this where Marcus Smart has a great steal with like five minutes left in the third quarter and then has a horrible pass at the other end, and it's just a horrible turnover. The Warriors score again, and it just made it super hard for the Celtics to eat into the lead, right? So then Curry gets cooking. The lead gets up to 17. Tatum's the only Celtic putting up any fight. Gets the line a couple of times. Goes two or four, I think, at the line at that point. Then Poole starts hitting threes. And it's it. That's it. Like, this is the game. Like, Curry is just absolutely smoking him. By the time he's hit his second three of the third quarter, you're like, ah, this is getting a little bit out of hand. Oh, God, the blood, it's everywhere. Steph ends up going 14 points in the third, then Poole, right at the end, just chucks in his two threes. Uh, Obviously, the famous one now, you'll see it at the end of the third quarter, just before the buzzer, gives it the old hezy crossover, lean up, bang, almost from half court. And it's the difference of like, oh, shit, we're down 20 to we're down 23. And that's like death knell territories, right? So they outscored them 35-14 after that 19-2 run to close it out. And you might remember, game one, 40-14. That was what Boston did in the fourth quarter to the Warriors. Flip it up and reverse it. 35-14. And that felt like the game. 23 points. 23 points. Up at the fourth quarter. The worst part was for the Celtics, they start the fourth. How does it go? Well, by not paying attention, uh, they miss. I think Poole misses a three. They can't get the rebound. Gary Payton, the second, the mitten, is just under the bucket, just lays it up. There's like two Celtics just looking around going, fuck, how did that happen? Tater misses just to pull-up. Poole hits a three. Then Belly Belita. oh, no, the pool. I think, was just a two. Belly Belita gets a uh, nice little runner uh, after an Al Horford. He, Al Horford literally just falls over. And it's a 29-point game, and it's been 1 minute 15 seconds of the fourth quarter. And I've literally got in my notes, that's Packer Up, boys. And it's what it was. It was Packer Up, boys, because it never got any better from there. They pulled the starters, do the uh, Celtics. I mean, Grant Williams is still around, but... Clay stays in there just to sort of try to get a bit warm, but never happens. And the Warriors' defense was the story. This one in the third, it just stepped up big time, keyed back in on Tatum and Brown when they had the ball. You saw ugly Jalen Brown turnovers time and time again. Same with Tatum. It's like, ah, oh, well, if we just double them when they've got the ball, it freaks them out, and away we go. And the thing was, they never let Al, Ho- Al Horford or Marcus Smuck get any space to operate. And they were complete non-factors on offense. Like, you could just be forgiven for imagining that they weren't out there during this game because it felt like they weren't. And that wasn't helped by Jalen Brown going, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And settling for really tough shots time and time again against Wiggins and Otto Porter and stuff. So they did have 33 points off turnovers, did the Warriors. That's a lot. That's a lot of points off turnovers. So I don't know, Celtics, maybe keep control of the ball. Maybe you got a bit of a chance. But that third quarter, it's the championship quarter. It's the premiership quarter. AFL call cool. um, but they had four turnovers in that uh, sorry five turnovers in the uh, third quarter and it leads to 11 points in the third and that is just the game breaker because you combine that with 14 points for Steph the crazy six points from Jordan Poole at the end of it and that's how you go so look, they're a lot more physical I think like there's a tougher whistle for the Celtics defense they couldn't be as tough as they wanted to be and you saw the refs set the uh, scene early on with those bullshit calls a lot of the time. It's like, hey, this is how we're going to call this game. And everyone's like, yo, we watched game one. Game one was really fun. It had pace. It had flow. And these refs like, well, we don't want the Celtics to be mean to the Warriors. Their defense was a bit too physical. And so, boom, you get a much quicker whistle and a much shittier whistle Meanwhile, Draymond's basically coming out of the stands hitting fucking Celtics with chairs. I'm not even a Celtics fan. It was just this egregious. Anyway, but it meant that the Warriors could be that little bit more uh, physical as well themselves on D, and that just ruinated the Boston offense. So the Celtics ended up with 18 turnovers. They shot better from three than they did from two, which is chaos. They went 15 of 37, which is 40% from three, and 15 of 43 from two, which is 37%. Yuck. Gross! I mean, what the hell was that? I mean, oh, Lord. What was that? What was it? What was that? What the hell was that? I don't know, but it wasn't pretty, and I want to hit it with a stick. Uh, Tatum, 28 points from him. He goes 6 of 9. Nice. From 3. But 4 turnovers, 3 assists. I mean, this is coming off the back of the game where Tatum had 13 assists, was absolutely crushing it. But today... It was very much like a uh, the few passes they were swinging them just that little bit faster, that little bit wilder. And I think I tweeted out at one point, they've got a real case of out-worrying the Warriors, you know? Trying to make dumb, weird passes in circumstances that probably didn't necessitate it. Like, just calm down, boys, kind of a, Anyway, but in 34 minutes, he got a career-worst minus 36. So, not a great game. It felt like for Tatum... He was, it felt like he was just screaming against the abyss, though. He was the only one out there doing fucking anything on offense. So it's one of those weird ones. You go minus 36 in 34 minutes. But he was the only one doing, like, fucking shit. So Brown, he was horrible. As mentioned, 1 of 11 the rest of the way. 5 of 17. Gross! Through 17. Uh, just two points in the second half from uh, Jalen Brown. You can't have that. Uh, like... You can't have two points from your second-best player and expect to like win a game in Golden State, so what can you do? Derek White, 13 shots through his 12 points. Pretty tough one. Two of four from downtown. Uh, his second half was brutal as well. Marcus Smart, though. 25 minutes did. Sweet. Fuck. All. One of six from the floor. Five assists, five turnovers. Brutal. He's going to pop up again later. Avidel Horford, one of four again. Two points, eight rebounds. That is uh, not six threes, is it? Time Lord, two points, two rebounds, two blocks. One and a half knees, maybe. Oof, brutal. Six points for Grant Williams. He at least hit a three. Didn't do much else. Two or seven for Pritchett. And that was literally it. It was just a shit show. Because when you've got Tatum and Brown uh, eating up that much of your offense, so Tatum takes 19 shots. Brown takes 17. White goes for 13. Marcus Smart can't hit anything. Al Horford doesn't even try a shot until the second half. Um, it was... And then you've got 18 turnovers. You just don't have that many possessions left over, right? And the Celtics didn't make the use of them at all. The Warriors, meanwhile, only 12 turnovers. They had 15 steals as a team. There's chaos. 15 from uh, fifteen of 37 from three. Steph ends up with 29, 6, and 4 with three steals. 5 of 12 from downtown. He was unreal. Pool goes 5 of 9 from three for his 17. Wiggins! Look, pool, as I've talked about time and time again, he is like pool and clay so the clay pool they're the barometers for the Warriors if one of them gets going you're in trouble if both of them get going you've definitely lost so pool gets going today and they're running away with it uh Wiggins 11 points on 12 shots but he did go two of three from three and it felt like both of those were backbreakers clay 11 points on four of 19 shooting <laughs> his layup attempts I think for clay were just so uncharacteristically strong like they're all coming off like Trying to throw them off the backboard and then like rimming off the front of the rim, it's just going tough and 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 oh, ah, no good. You know, he's done all the hard work to get to the bucket, and then he's just throwing it too hard off there. But anyway, Looney ends up with twelve and seven, uh with two assists and three steals. Draymond nine point seven assists, five rebounds, and about eight fouls, I reckon at least. Uh, GP two with a seven three and three. He was really good. He hit a three there. We just like oh, okay. Gary Payton second's, like, with a busted elbow, going to come in and hit threes, then you're fucked. Perfect from the floor, 3-3. Three, three. three for free. And uh Belly, Belita, 6-5. and five. Got some nice junk buckets in there. And I do I like to get blood to water. He was really important, I thought. I mean, he wasn't out there causing too much effort. He played 14 minutes. He hit a three. His only shot, he had three rebounds. He had three steals. Just putting pressure on Tatum and Brown time and time again it allows him to sort of... uh defensively just cover the gaps and that's exactly what they did so there you go the premiership quarter was all the difference for the warriors they ran over the top of them 35 to 14 anytime you can outscore a team by 21 points in a quarter where you're already up two gotta feel pretty good about that so one to one in the nba finals 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 and we're shipping up to boston for game three on thursday kind of love it kind of love it all right let's do an nba australia pre-performance of the night a knife. That's a knife. Uh, Steph. Because, look, tempted to give this to Paul, but without Steph, uh, the Warriors are cooked. And that third quarter, he had 14 points, goes three, six from three. It's it's one thing for the hitting of the shots, but it's also the setting of the tone. And you can see, like, he is like a offensive hurricane at times, Steph, where he, like everything in his path gets swept around him. And the gravitational pull of Steph as well just opens up the pools of the world, the loonies of the world, the dudes who can just get some weird junk buckets out of nowhere. And you can see just the confidence spread in a third quarter where Steph is like, hey, guess what? I'm going to hit this three as well. And as I mentioned, though, like, by the time he hit that second three, like, oh, shit, the Celtics are in Chia And they were 29 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 steals. He shoots 9 of 21 and 5 of 12 from downtown. That is absolute chaos because he allows Jordan Poole to go, right, there's actually probably not too many consequences if I miss this 3. And a vaguely confident Jordan Poole is a horrifyingly terrifying Jordan Poole, you know what I'm saying? So Steph, what a game. Played his ass off. And uh, led from the front because I mean, even early, like he was the only one getting going because Clay was one of five early. He was three seven to start the game, and uh, really sort of put the hammer down. Comes out of the first half, he's got the fifteen. Wiggins has got a couple of buckets. There's not a giant of much else really sort of going on, but they were up two, and then really put the boot in. So that's a hell of an NBA Australia pre performance of the night for Steph. But who is spot of the night, Jimmy? <laughs> Spud, 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 spud. It is spud of the night. Spud of the night. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be Marcus Smart. It's just got to be. Twenty five minutes. Like you'd just be forgiven for not thinking that he played today. As I mentioned, there was that great play where he stripped. I think it was, i do have mean pool actually, and goes the length of the court, tries to do a weird sort of drop-off pass, turnover, boom. And that was kind of like the end of the uh, Celtics' chances, really, at that point, because they couldn't manufacture offense out of anything. Smart's a big reason for that, usually. like I think there'll be times where you watch a Celtics game and Smart drives to the hoop, gets an easy layup sort of out of nowhere, and he'll do that two or three times a game when the Celtics are on song. When they're not, you have games like this where he goes, one of six... And O of three from downtown with his two points, five assists, and five turnovers. Gross. Oh, but also spot of the night. Look, Daniel Tice. Every time he touched the floor, it felt like oh god. And uh, off the Warriors went. Like he only played fourteen minutes. He goes O of one. He only takes the one shot. He has five rebounds, one assist, one block, only one turnover. But it felt like there was about eight turnovers like fumbled balls a shot clock violation uh giving steph room again going under screens what are you doing danny you can't play drop coverage on steph you're so fucking bad at it so there you go another celtic is a spud of the night meanwhile draymond is uh he's missed 17 of his last 23s uh which i kind of love and every time i see him shoot a three it's like this is great but yeah spuds of the night al horford marcus smart after uh shooting the shit out of it, hitting 10 threes between them uh, in Game 1. They went a combined 0 for today, obviously, 0 for 3. Al Horford, Marcus Smart combined to shoot 2 or 10, not ideal, and they're spuds of the night, Boston lose. All mate, no mates. Old 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 mate, No Mates. Who's got No Mates today? How about, uh, I don't know, Steve Javy, the uh, officials analyst. <laughs> There for uh, ABC, yeah, uh, you're right, Jeff and Mark. Yeah, look, I wouldn't call a double tech because uh, look, knowing that Draymond's already got one, you don't want to kick him out, and uh, yeah, so even though it's warranted, it we wouldn't give him one. So like, oh, yeah, Steve's gonna get a fucking phone call from Adam Silver tonight. <laughs> that is some old oh, mate, no mates. Oh fuck, all the other refs are like he's your mate, man. I don't fucking know Steve J. What are you talking about, man? No, come on. Meanwhile, you got uh, JVG and Mark Jackson going, this is just amazing officiating. It's like, no, it's being wildly inconsistent as an official, and it's fucking annoying. I'll talk about this later. Uh, but Steve JV definitely, oh, mate, no, mate, saying the quiet part out loud, not ideal. Pantsing of the night. <coughs> daddy, fat, 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 daddy, fatty, fat, fat. I mean, Time Lord erased a couple of shots, and uh, it was kind of fun, but otherwise. Uh, Draymond kind of with the panting of... Uh, not being kicked out, I think, was a bit of a panting for the Celtics, right? Because he goes all this trouble just to get in their shit. Yammer, 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 chatter, chatter, chatter. It's like, okay, Draymond, we get it. And then he just gets further and further into Grant Williams' shit, into Jalen Brown's shit, and then literally backs into Jalen Brown on a three, which, to be honest, could have been a uh, flagrant one anyway because he's just fallen back into Jalen after a shot. You can 100% bank on the fact that Draymond's getting kicked out early in Game 3. <laughs> like, it's just happening. And that's going to be a pantsing. Who is better than Lonzo Ball? <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Jordan Poole. That's right. The 28th pick of the 2019 draft. Uh, out there, breaking... Uh, all of Lonzo's records, of which there are none, because he's never made the playoffs. Jordan Poole, seventeen rebounds, two—sorry, uh, seventeen points, two rebounds, three assists. Goes five of nine from three. The youngest player ever to have five threes in a finals game. That is sick. You better believe that's better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, dick out of the weekend. <laughs> Dickhead of the week, and uh, probably Draymond again. Like the in the aftermath of Friday's game, where he's like, "Yeah, they probably won't shoot that again." It's like, "Yeah, you're right," but also the reason they did was because you were pretty shit at defense that game, Draymond. Uh, but also, dickhead of the weekend today, Draymond just fucking with the shit fuckery. Ah, talk about annoying. <laughs> Like, Draymond's the sort of dude that you're watching a game with, like, old mates. He's like, this guy fucking sucks. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Dickhead. There you go. All right, let's do ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kedee. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. Or commonly known as Wertho And you're listening to NBA Australia You're listening to NBA Australia And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to And you're listening to NBA Australia And you're listening to NBA Australia. you You're listening to And you're listening to NBA And you're listening to NBA And you're listening to you NBA Australia shop you're listening to your merch you're listening to merch get you're listening to NYU And you're listening topexfro you're listening to get your you're listening to yeah, you better go do it. nbaaustraliacom slash shop. Or just click on through the links through the uh, socials. All the pics there are in the uh, facey, etc. Go check it out. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. As I've said, we're going to do some work on their house. So I need to sell some of these t-shirts so I don't have to pack them up again. Uh, go do it right now. nbaaustraliacom slash shop. Right. Yeah, Nas, no, number one. Did Quinn Snyder get it in the neck and be made scapegoat? For all the Jazz's failings, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. Unbelievable. So Denny Ainge comes in, um, looks at this, goes, right, don't like Quint, right, I've got to uh, tear this down anyway, so let's go get a new coach. Fuck this. Um, and I enjoy, like, oh, the, I'm stepping away, you know, so I feel like I've taken his fight. It's, like, 100% like mutual decision in the way that, like, old mate and I decide things. Yes, it's a mutual decision. <laughs> 100% got in the neck. Uh to allow Danny Ainge to either, you know, have one more year of watching Donnie and Rudy do their thing. But also, like, I feel like Quinn Snyder gets it in the neck pretty unfairly for a team that has one of the single worst, I think, wing rotations in the NBA. Like, the fact that the Jazz get as far as they do each year, despite playing like Royce O'Neal and... Uh, what? Jordan Jeremy Clarkson? And of course, is this all karma for trading Joe Ingalls? Yeah, nah, of course it is. Yeah. Jesus, like, Conley's cooked. Donnie doesn't play defense anymore. You got Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, who's literally allergic to defense. Like, Boyan, he's probably two and a half years past the point where he's actually a pretty effective defender. Royce O'Neill's, like, at best, fine. Rudy Gay. Older and shit. Like, they've just got nobody on the uh, wings who can actually slow anybody down. That's fine when you've got a defensive player of the year in the middle, like Rudy Gobert, but it's just asking him to do a lot. And it puts a lot on the coach as well, you know? So, yeah, just a combination of age, wing death really fucked Quinn Snyder. And I think he made the right decision because he's like, yeah, cool, I'll just take a year off. Like, rather than coach this team that fucking sucks and all hates each other. Uh, we'll get out of here and I'll have the pick of the jobs for next year. That's a smart move. Good on you. Back to the finals. Are we in for a long series now, Jimmy? Yeah, nah, yes. We're always in for a long series. I picked either team in six at the very least. Uh, So the first pick is the Celtics in six. Still sits pretty nicely with me if you ask me. But, um, yeah, anybody was like, oh, the Celtics might take game two, needs to have their head checked. Um, You knew that this was going to turn out this way and the Warriors make the adjustments. There's a reason that both these teams just don't tend to lose like two games in a row. So pretty weird, pretty fun, and it's going to be a great series, I think. We're just going to keep going back and forth like this, hammer and tongs. And to be honest, it won't surprise me if Boston split at home as well. So, yeah, long series. Here we come. Are double techs fucking stupid, Jimmy? Yes. Yeah, nah, yes. Yes, they are. Oh, but sometimes you just need to calm down a situation... Not if you're afraid to then call them when the situation might get a little too heated. This is why I've talked about the three tier tech system, where it's like, yeah, you get a double tech. It does, you can't get kicked out on a double tech. Or a flagrant three system, where you can't get kicked out on a flagrant uh, one after you've got like one other tech, you know? This is how it should be an escalating sort of thing. I also think that techs like automatic booting, is like thing we should look at, but still. Double techs are fucking dumb if you're not going to call them. You know? After an entire season, an entire decade of calling them at the drop of a fucking hat under Adam the Coward Silver. Anyway, that leads me to, should Draymond have been tossed at the end of the second quarter? Yeah, nah. Fuck yes. If that's the way you're going to officiate NBA games for years and years and years and years and years and years, years go, oh, actually, not today, though. It's a bit weird, because that leads me to the unpopular opinion of the day. Look away. Look away. Look away. we all get that superstars get protected, stars get protected big names get protected in the NBA but also, like this is kind of my point, like if you're going to call double techs all season at the drop of a fucking hat and all playoffs, not just all season then you got to call it for fucking Draymond jumping backwards into Jalen Brown, putting his head, foot on his fucking head and then shoving him as well and starting off an altercation. Like, I'm all, look, this is my point. I'm all for letting them play and shit. But if you're going to police extracurricular stuff like this to death time and time again, and then you go, oh, actually, we'll let this one go because he's already got a tech, now you're officiating differently. And that's what fucks me around. I hate it when it's like, ah, well, these are the rules all the time, and now it's not. It's like, wait. Let him play. Let him play tough. And that's what today's game was so fucking frustrating in that first half, just watching go. what is this? This is great. It felt like there was a fucking review every 32 seconds after game one, which was an absolute pleasure to sit back and watch because it was two highly skilled teams going at it. And then today it's like the refs are like, no, 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 no. We need to fix this. It's like, what are you fixing? You're fixing entertaining basketball, you fucking nongs. Sit down and shut up. No one came to see the refs. So, yeah, I'm not really too concerned about Draymond. Like, obviously, I don't think that Draymond and Tatum and the little altercation would actually necessitate a tech foul. But that's how you officiated all fucking season. Like, we've seen double techs for so far less than that shit. And now it's like, oh, nah, but Draymond's already got one, man, so we better not. And on top of that, that's stupid. Look, the fact that uh, the Derek White, where uh, Jordan Poole trips him up, the fact that the refs stop that play when the Celtics have a uh, fast break and then don't actually give them the original call of any sort of foul, it's like, what the fuck are these refs on about? It was cooked. Anyway, that also leads me to (laughs) our back takeouts. It's Monday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. On the way over here, we hit an echidna. So guess what? Your entree for today is the one amazing entree that comes with its own serving sticks. That's right. Slow-roasted echidna only at Outback. See, it's got its little pricks. Just pop it out and off you go in your mouth. Go nuts. Only at Outback. And today's Flame grill Take is... Adam Silver very clearly watched game one and went, oh, shit, the Celtics are going to fucking sweep my beloved Warriors and we're going to get fucked on the telly ratings. So he broke the breaking case of emergency, Zach Zaba, Tony Brothers comboed out there to ref it and fuck shit up. Only at Outback. Bit of a cut off your nose to spot your face kind of vibes. It's like, oh, no, we'll uh, we'll get the really shit refs out there. Uh, we'll make it unwatchable, but at least we'll get more unwatchable games out of it. It's like, oh. After all the goodwill of game one, the Warriors would have won this no matter what. But Jesus, the refs just made that a fucking punish. Anyway, good times, great memories. Game two. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. be back with the Andrew Gay's Grey Mum Award for our outstanding achievement in the field of excellence right after this. This is Shane Heal, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Andrew Gay's great mamba. Yes, clap it up. So Steph, today, he had a pretty good game. He got the NBA Australia pre performance of the night. He broke it up and 14 points in the third quarter. Ends up with 29-6-4 and for his career in the finals steph is averaging basically 27 6 and 6 while shooting 59.1% true shooting that's uh, pretty fucking crazy because there are three players ever who have averaged at least a 25 5 and 5 with over 20 uh, over 55% true shooting that's lebron and mj and this is one of those things where you look at steph's numbers and he goes sometimes. Oh, geez, he has a massive game, uh, but it's games like this where he has twenty nine and just sort of controls the game, breaks the game open, so he doesn't even have to do shit late to you know pad those stats. I mean, it means that he can go into like the locker room basically in the fourth quarter and just go, oh, "I'm good. I didn't play in the fourth quarter." Like he had twenty nine points, and the dude. Played 32 minutes. That's fucking great for Steph. But I think he's also the sort of dude who has so many games where he has like such a massive stretch like he did in that third quarter where it blows it open so much that he doesn't have to go back in and end up with, like, you know, 38. He can finish with 29. The game's already in hand because he is so fucking devastating at so many different points that it's like, pack her up, boys, we're done. And it's also why you'll see the... Uh, highest career plus minuses ever a Manu 177 Tim Duncan 157 and then Draymond and Steph at 126 and 118 respectively because they put teams away they just fuck them up in such a weird degree that you're like yeah so when you look at the one of three players averaging a 25-5-5 five and five with 55% true shooting it's one of those reasons where you look at Steph historically and we're gonna go fucking hell he is a top 10 player of all time isn't he like if they Win this or not, if they win next year or not, like we're still going to end up having these conversations in the next five to ten years. And it's stats like that that make you go, oh yeah, like he almost does too much too quickly that you don't get to see the full extent of how good he is, which is chaos. <laughs> I love it. So, as much as I give Steph for being a puby bearded weirdo, he's good at basketball. All right, Patty Mills Game Day, below me a Twitter, check in. Ah, uh, this one was jingles. So, Quinn Snyder. We talked about that. Gets in the neck. Jingles. Uh, tweeted out uh, just the sort of uh, flat-faced emoji. Obviously found out the Quinn news. Uh, Rudy Gobert forever. tweeted out he didn't want to coach a Joe Ingles team. Hey, that's what I said earlier. Cry uh, laughing emoji. Cry laughing emoji. Cry laughing emoji. So jingles. Cry laughing. I love Twitter, he says. Uh, but then... Coach Q was the only NBA coach to believe in me and give me a chance eight years ago. He will be back and I can't wait for it. His dedication and care is hard to find. I'll forever have so much time for Q as a coach and as a friend. Thanks, coach. I love it. And then Jingles also couldn't you know, stop being Jingles and said, and let's be honest, Q didn't want to coach without me being a part of it. <laughs> uh, covering his face emoji, sunglasses emoji. Absolute legendary territory from Joe Ingles. Great stuff! Right, let's do a really quick uh, preview for Game 3 before we do the actual game preview on Wednesday's show. Let's do it. Game preview. Game preview! Thanks for diverting, Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How was the weekend? Ah, bloody good. Pretty chill. Pretty, pretty chill. Uh, Just hanging out with the squid, not doing too much, because, you know, a couple of big weekends ahead. So, figured we'd uh, chill out this one. And uh, here we are. We went 1-1 on the picks Today. So that puts us back over 500. That's right, I can still do maths. 43 of 86 is better than 50%. So that's where we're at so far for the playoffs. We've gone 2 of 2 so far in the uh, finals, so that's good. So Game 3 Thursday, we're shipping up to Boston. The Celtics are 3.5-point favourites. Uh, the Warriors being 3.5-point underdogs, when you think about it, after that game and what we've seen them do to teams on the road... I am fascinated to see if the Warriors have one of those games where they just get the shit kicked out of them on the road like they did against uh, Memphis. Uh, or if we sort of see them like come in and take care of business like they did against Dallas in the uh, Western Conference Finals. My first initial thought for this was uh, Warriors plus three and a half and the Celtics win on a bit of a you know, back breaking, amazing, insane, close finish game. But then I can't quite see it getting to that point. I think Boston maybe just hold on for like a four point win. So I'm going to go initial pick, Boston minus three and a half. I think Draymond gets tossed in the first half. I think the refs uh, get a little bit chaosy in the garden. And. The Boston role players, Al Horford, Graham Williams, Marcus Smart, etc., have way more of an impact than they did today. I think I tweeted out today about today's game. It felt like the Tatum and Brown do everything game for Boston and the other guys sort of just do enough, but Brown sucked and the other guys didn't do anything. (laughs) That's why you lose a game and that's exactly what happened. I don't think it happens again, but that's the thing. That's why Boston is so hard to predict. You never know what's going to happen. Game in, game out. Tatum can wear all the fucking Kobe uh, homages he wants to, and you never know. Then he can have seven points in the second half of a blowout loss. So, uh, but initially, I think I'm going to go with Boston minus three and a half. We'll see how we go. Uh, we'll have somebody else on on Wednesday's show, so we're going to have a guest to help us preview game three as well, which is pretty neat. So, uh, yeah, that's it. We'll have five big questions. uh, Well, the mini preview, the five questions for the preview for Game 3 and a whole bunch of other stuff. And we'll do it then. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. How's that? Sound good? Good. Uh, Neat. So, as mentioned, guest on Wednesday. Next show, Wednesday. Take tomorrow off. Go hang out. Why the fuck not? Yeah, unless something crazy happens. Uh, Either way, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IGs, over the socials we are at the moment. Live streams uh, before the game. Half time and after the game. We might even do an entire live stream on Thursday for the entire game if you want to watch it with me. What do you reckon? Don't know. Might go to the pub either way. We'll see. We'll figure that out. Uh, check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. World Wrestling Australia with Adam. That's over on YouTube. NBA Australia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go do that now. Come on. If you can rate and review, it does help out. And I need all the help I can get. I'm not Andrew Bogan. I don't have millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, Go bang in the uh, code STRAYER at Knowable and get 20% off that sick app. I love it. And uh, from Oslo, thanks to them for the intro and outro song. Best band ever. Also, big thanks to Joshua De Laurentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, however you follow and listen to your bands. Do it! NBA Australia support Australian bands. Uh, right, we're going to close out today's show with a brand new deli review of the movie Emergency which is over on Amazon. So uh, that'll be fun, I guess. And uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday, you dickheads. All right, this is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Horses, and... fucking A's. It's your mate Delia over here just swinging by for my latest pop culture review on NBA Australia. Because I've got nothing better to do because it's the NBA season, mate and shit. So, you know, we've got like the Feebus coming up next year and shit. And we've got, you know, another year of NBL and stuff happening soon. But, you know, at the moment it's just me and the missile with like, you know, the squid hanging out. Been around up in Miraburra, going fishing, as I said, with the squid, pretty sick. Me and Plugger took him for some spins up and down the high street there in Miraburra too. Went to the Mitre 10 car park, did some fucking doughies. It was sick. Went to the Park Hotel for a fucking nice pub food. All the good shit. So, yeah, good off-season. And, yeah, me and the missus just hanging out the other day. She's like, do you want to watch that new emergency movie? I'm like, emergency? That sounds great. Because I'm like, oh, fucking cops and fireys and shit. I don't know. What's going to happen? There's going to be a big emergency. Maybe some sort of tidal wave. Some sort of asteroid. They're my favorite movies and shit. So, yeah. And I sat down, and I'm like, what's this all about? She's like, oh, I don't know. But, like, it's popped up on the Amazons, and I'm like, "All right, sick. Let's watch it. And I've got to tell you, it's pretty fucking good. What a movie! Oh, blew my expectations right out of the fucking water because it was just about a bunch of, like, kids and shit. They're at, like, uni in the States, and, like, just fucking, it gets a bit haywire. It's basically, like, one of those great, like, college, high school movies from, like, olden days, well, like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen next, but it's like fun set pieces, and you learn a lot about the characters and shit, and you get a bit of pathos and everything going on, and it gets a bit scary at times. It's like a little bit like, uh, you know, a couple of those other movies out there where it's like, oh, shit. I sometimes, as a white dude, you need to be reminded that we've got it pretty fucking easy, and like, you know, we can call the cops. And this is, like, sort of about, like, not calling the cops and shit. So, yeah, go check it out. Emergency gets about 24 out of 10 Deli ones from me. I fucking loved it. Suspenseful. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen, man. Some sad bits, some happy bits, some funny bits. Just fucking full on, bro. So, go check it out. Loved it. Emergency. It's all the Amazons. And that's it for me for this week. Later, fuckers. Deli out.